guys, I'm Ashley. And I'm Rachel. We're just two friends with trauma that can't afford therapy. Join us as we explore the weird, heavy, taboo, and lighthearted. And everything in between. We are Currently Currently Anxious. Before we dive in, Currently Anxious is for adults only, and our episodes may contain material that is hard for some listeners. Please review the episode description for more details. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Rachel. There's been a murder. <laughs> How many? A lot of them. I mean, there's been a lot. I was just quoting The Office. There's been a murder. Oh. See, I've seen it like one time through. Oh, well. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that person. I'm so, I'm so sad sorry. My reference was wasted I'm on you. I'm sorry. Fuck. I lived with someone who literally watched it every day, and I just I tuned I know. it out. She and I talk about it a lot. Yeah, well, here we are. I'm she so would. Sorry. She's going to appreciate my reference. She will. She Thanks, absolutely Tara. will. <laughs> So, yeah. So, we decided to do murders or, I guess, true crime yeah. with our own name. You don't know if name. mine's murder. You don't know if mine is a murder. You're Just right. kidding, it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. we decided to pick people with our own names. And uh, I feel like mine was kind of hard to find just because, you know, Ashley's are really nice. We're all, <laughs> we're all angels and nobody's used them in 90s comedies as the mean girl ever. So... I feel like uh, that was harder to look for. But okay. here we are. I found one. Did, was it, did you find an Ashley as a victim easier? There w- Well, yeah, because there was one that was super, super recent. Oh. But I just didn't feel like I could get enough out of it. Okay. So I chose something different just because there was a lot. St- I'm sure they're still doing a lot of s- research into her death. The Investigation. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I meant. You know what they do. Yeah. Fair. I think this is going to create some very beautiful storytelling because we're just going to continue to reference our names as murderers. It's going to feel good. Yeah. It's I gonna love feel that. Good. And mine is an Ashley Ann and I'm Ashley Ann. So that's impressive. I know. I found a, found a whole thing. The Rachel and mine was a ginger. So that also <gasps> feels right. Beautiful. <laughs> Not as like red. It was more orangey, yeah. but I think it counts. Like a genuine ginger. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's her real hair color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that for her. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Well, do you want to go first? Sure. So uh, as you already know, it took place in Wisconsin. So you're welcome. I also would like to point out that she's a Pisces. Oh, of course she is. So you're awesome. Of course welcome. she's a fucking Pisces. March 6, 1998, this girl was born. And it's born. a March Pisces. March uh-huh. Pisces are worse than February Pisces, in my opinion. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who's a Pisces. <laughs> I'm not. Well, all I'm right. not sorry to any of them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rachel's not. <laughs> all right. Did so. you know Wisconsin has a lot of murderers? No, I didn't. Yeah, that's where Stephen Avery, that whole thing happened. Ooh. Was in Wisconsin. Yeah. I did watch Ed that. Gein. Ed Gein was from Wisconsin. Okay. Um, he ate people. I love that for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That feels right. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me tell you about another one. I wonder, did she eat people? No, she did not. Oh, God damn it. But that would have been a two for one. Murder so, well, and cannibalism. it is a two for one because there's two murderers who live in the same household in different decades. Wow. So here we go. Let's go. <laughs> um, so this so is that, about, lead, that leads me, though, is maybe it's the house. That's what I'm thinking. I think it's kind of like a... It's haunted. Well, there's no, what's spirits. The, what's the Amityville horror? Isn't that like a... I don't know. Like, are you happened like a- in the same house decades later? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I've only like seen a the movie with Ryan Reynolds almost. once. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I'll let you tell the story now. All good. So I'm trying to work on myself and not interrupt as much because I hate fine. myself for it. 
So this is the true crime about Ashley Ann Martinson. And it happened in 2015. But also I'm going to tell you about another guy. And it happened in 1998, the year that she was born. So here we are. So Ashley was estranged from her biological father and lived with her mother and her stepfather. And then his two daughters and then the daughter that they had together. So like half sister as well. So okay. two stepsisters and a half sister. Okay. And they moved to... Was Ashley the only child of her mother? Yes. Okay. So they moved to a small town outside of Rylander, Wisconsin. Hey. Hey. Uh, with her family, but she was 16 at the time. Okay. So before that, she was living with her mother in Kansas and numerous other men apparently in and out of her life because of her mother. Oh. So, yeah. So on... As we would say in Wisconsin, ufta. <laughs> go. I feel like I've caught that from you. I say that now. <laughs> um, on March 7th, 2015, she shot and killed her stepfather with a shotgun Ooh. and killed her mother with a knife. Okay. So that's great, right? From there, this house was <laughs> Peel, Wisconsin. We were just giving the I address. I looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up. No one lives there anymore. <laughs> The house is abandoned? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, it's on the market, but... Oh, my God. Did you get a... Was there pictures on Zillow? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so, two decades later, on April 6, 1998, which would have been Ashley's one-month birthday... Okay. A- another 14-year-old boy lived in the house, and his name was Jesse Halverson. Oh. He lived in this house, and he had a best friend named Dustin Polinsky, who was also age 14... And on this day, they decided to go over to Dustin's house and they were playing with shotguns because that's what you do when you're 14. You just play with shotguns in the house. It's especially what you do when you're 14 and you live in Wisconsin. Is it? Did you play with shotguns? Dude, I went to hunter safety when I was 14. I love that for you. Yeah. But Hmm. we learned how to safely play with shotguns. They did not. No. They learned a lot of different things. We looked up this, this town before the episode and the... Population was 85. Yeah. So that's absolutely what happens in towns of 85 well, in Wisconsin. Well, now it's about to be 84. So. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so. Damn. <laughs> Poor 14-year-old Dustin. Here we go. Um, so Jesse was holding this rifle or shotgun, whatever it was, striking Dustin in the head. With the butt of it? No, like he shot him. Oh, str- I thought you said striking him in the head with well, it. Well, with a bullet. So he shot him in the head. <laughs> yes. Have you been around a gun ever? <laughs> yeah, I've shot a few. <laughs> he shot him one time. Okay? Rest in peace, Dustin. We're not laughing Honestly, at your murder. Honestly, not at all. I'm just an asshole, and I, I don't know how to like cope God with damn. death. No. So okay. here we are. Jesse doesn't call the police, and he doesn't do anything to help. He just shot somebody. Well, what he did was he put the gun in Dustin's hands. Right. And was like, oh, there it is. (laughs) Suicide. Perfect. Love that for me. So everyone thought at first that it was a suicide. And then the police decide to talk to Jesse's sister, and she basically said that he was playing with BB guns and shooting birds and, like, kind of was into that, that whole thing, and pointed a BB gun towards her aggressively one time. So then obviously they were like, mm, think that Jesse needs to be talked to a little bit right. more. First sign of a psychopath is murdering animals, murdering yes. and torturing animals. I concur. So. so from there, he explained to the police that he thought the gun wasn't loaded 
And he was like, oh, yeah, I shot the gun, but I thought it wasn't loaded. So I just I thought I was playing, which, okay, that's fine. Sure. Um, But later turns out that he pointed it on purpose, obviously. And here we are. He was charged with recklessly causing a death, which he would serve up to 40 years. And on April 24th, 1998, he bonded out and investigations were being done further because he was bonded out at that time. They did a search on his home and his locker at school. And at his spouse, his spouse, his house, they found a letter written by Jesse addressed to Dustin that read, we're going to kill you, watch out or die. It was dated the previous winter, but was never delivered to him. So like premeditated at this point now cute kid yeah love him couldn't find pictures of him couldn't find many records of him this was like i had to really deep dive on this i don't know why it's not really available because he was a minor in 1998 so okay there was probably not a lot of digital that's true information and to who was a minor that's true okay so also they found a notebook with a page that read Dustin dies also My with <laughs> a list of rules in the notebook, um, such as kill teacher, don't do your homework, ignore principal, do what you want, beat chance and kill Dustin. In this notebook, there's also drawings of like political figures and uh, rival sports teams and all those fun little things like okay. that. So not, not all That's like normal 14 year old stuff. Yeah. But then there was also drawings of Dustin's skeleton and uh, his bicycle. So that's, that was fun. Okay. So they upgraded the charge to murder on May 1st, 1998. And he was taken back into custody. And I guess in 1998, when you're 14 or up, when it's a first degree homicide case, you're you're charged as an adult. Mm. So he wasn't charged as a child anymore. He was charged as an adult. He was sentenced to 24 years in prison in March of 2000, and then 2007, it was modified to 16 years. Um, Was he out then? He was eventually released in January 2010, paroled out of the state to Alabama. So, yeah. Okay. That's that's him. So he lived in that house first. Okay, in 1998. Yes, he didn't kill in that house, but still a murderer under that household. So on to 15 years later. No, well, yeah, I guess. I wrote five, but that's because... He got out in 2010. Oh, okay. Anyway, so later on, Ashley moves into this house. Should I say the address again? No. (laughs) But she moves into this house with her stepfather and her mom. I guess as far as we all know, her stepfather was super verbally abusive, but didn't physically abuse her, but he physically abused the mom and then the other three sisters. Because it was like mental abuse to her knowing that he was doing that to them and she couldn't do anything about it. Mm. So obviously it built up over time. Obviously she was angry with this guy, but he was 37. Her mom was 40 and then her younger siblings were two, eight and nine. So unfortunately that's really young to like have that kind of tragedy happen to you. Very, very not okay. It was apparently common for Thomas, which is her stepdad, to choke Jennifer, which is her mom, in front of the kids, along with holding a gun to her head. So he was a real fun guy. Um, he was also known to kill young animals in front of the kids. Once really traumatic incident, there was a time that they had a family dog. Oh, no. And apparently uh-uh. he decided to start choking the dog and throwing him around the room and then eventually killed him and fed him to a bear. 
So that's real great. Did you know there's a website that you can look and see if dogs die in movies? Yes. And I think that is amazing. Yeah. Because I can't handle it. When animals die, I'm like, nope, mm -mm, not for me. We've watched a lot. We've watched Hostel many times. That doesn't bother me. But like, Mm -hmm. you murder a dog and I am legend and I am unhappy. (gasps) But he's crying and like, it's his baby. It's terrible. Oh, I am legend is absolutely the worst one. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. So a prior boyfriend of her mom's, I guess, unfortunately, also raped Ashley at age nine. Oh so my from God. a really young age, she was traumatized by the men that her mom was with. And there was some even thoughts of like, she was kind of trafficking her daughter in a way and just like letting her be abused by men Ugh. and just not really caring, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Not so great. Um, and that same guy would, like, put cigarettes out on Ashley and just not, you know, not great things for a nine-year-old to be dealing with. Adults suck. I completely agree. Yeah. But, I mean, we're adults now, so we suck. <sighs> Agreed. <laughs> uh, her In mom, different ways, not this kind of way. No, not at all. Not at all. Her mom was said to be controlling and charged Ashley rent for living at their home. How so, old was she? 16. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so she was being charged rent. So basically, anytime she wasn't home, she was working, and she didn't really have much of a social life other than that, which is why she had an outlet, which was her horror blog, which was a popular gothic horror blog that she created called Nightmare, and she went by the title Vamp Chick. Okay. Yeah. So. Does this blog still exist? So here's the thing. So I looked it up because I needed to know. Um the beginning, her like quote at the beginning is still there, yeah. which reads a collection of sto- short stories as well as poems, artwork and anything else I choose to put in your face. So let me feed you, f- feed your fears and insanity one bite or slab at a time. I will bring life to the dead and your nightmares. I hope you can stomach all the fanfare. I wish that you devour every tidbit I have for you. If you're ready, I will point this or I will paint the street reds for you. Always <laughs> by your truly vamp chick. And I'm like, "Hmm." okay, maybe we don't. So I have found some poems and things and like there's snippets of things that they took down on the internet, but not a whole lot that you can look at. But when I went to look, January 16th, 2020, there was a post underneath her post that said, hi, they were taken down, but she's emailing me content, both old and new. I will keep it updated. This is her fiance, Mike. They can't keep her down. What? Yeah. So that was like last year. Does she get a prison fiance? Apparently so. I love that for her. Which means it can happen for us. You know what I mean? I love that. So yeah, so at least we know. But that's the thing. The they can't keep her down thing kind of got me. I was like, is that just like. That doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. Is her screen name like vamp, like vampire chick, but it's just shortened? Yeah, like vamp chick. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. That was kind of her outlet. And then from there, she was planning on moving out with a friend. Okay. And I getting suppose out of the if house. you're already paying rent at your parents' house, you might as well pay Absolutely. rent somewhere where there's not abusive people, right? Absolutely. So she was planning on moving out with her friend. And then her parents found out that she was dating a 22-year-old. Uh, his name was Ryan Cisco, And they found out the day of her birthday, which was March 6, 2015. Okay. So the murder happened on March 7th. So they found out and they were like, you can't talk to him anymore. 
obviously they took her cell phone, they took away everything that she could contact him with. And then they told him like, hey, if you continue this, we're going to call the cops because he's 22. She's 60. Yeah, it's not okay. No, it's not great. Earlier in Thomas's life, which is his stepdad, he was convicted of sexual assault, Fuck kidnapping, <laughs> and domestic violence. Fuck that guy. So he wasn't really allowed to have guns in the house, yet he had guns in the house. Right. <laughs> um, and obviously, Ashley's already super upset because she can't have her boyfriend. She's being mentally abused while her family's being physically abused in front of her. So... The day after her birthday, she's like, all right, I'm good. Is this the day after her 16th or 17th birthday then? Her 17th okay. birthday. So she's 17 now, which I think at the time would have made her an adult. I don't remember if it was a different every, rule in Wisconsin. Every state is so different about that. So I don't, I don't remember. Okay. So she ended up finding a gun. He, Thomas had left the house. Her stepfather left the house. She found a gun. She was like, all right, I'm done. I'm taking my life. This is Oof. what's happening. Ah! So she locks herself in her room, and then um, he ends up coming home, and he's knocking on the door. Ugh. And at some point on Facebook, she wrote, he's going to kill her if she doesn't leave soon. I want to kill him so fucking bad. Take one of his guns and blow his fucking brains out. Okay. So, like, it's kind of a back and forth between some of the things I've listened to and some of the things I've read. Like, was it premeditated? I think it was because it was posted on Facebook. Yet somehow she's saying she wanted to commit suicide. I don't know. It's like a whole mix of, whole mix Oof. of stuff. Oof, yeah, not great. Ashley was claiming that she felt hopeless and she took the little gun into her room. And eventually he came knocking at her door. She opened the door. And in that moment, she decided, all right, I decide not to take my life. I'm going to take his. You know what? I honestly, so I support that. And that's, there's a lot of people who do. There's a lot of people who back her on the whole situation. This seems like maybe like an accidental murder. Crime of passion. I don't right. know. Something not like man one. So there's two different stories on like how exactly it happened. So I'll give you kind of the lowdown. I'm not exactly sure. I can't say for sure what happened. I wasn't there. So what? I know. Shocking. I Wild. Know. So she shoots him in the neck first. And then her mom hears the shotgun go off. And this is what I'm not understanding. If it was a shotgun, how he would still be alive? Because in her story later, she says that she shot him once. And then when she was attacking her mother, he came up behind her. Well, so a shotgun is just like little pellets. I thought a shotgun was the big one. That's that, a like, rifle. So a rifle is one big ass bullet that usually like... It'll, it can be a hollow point, so like that's oh, really I bad. That was a, a shotgun. Sh a shotgun is like a casing with a bunch of little pellets in it, and then they sprawl when they get mm. shot out. So you might only, depending on the distance, you might only get hit with a couple of pellets. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that might make sense then. So you got shot in the neck. Mom comes upstairs, uh -huh. and she has a knife in her hand. Mom so, does. Mom does. Okay. So she starts cutting Ashley like where she can get her on the wrist and then she stabs her in the leg. Oh my God. So super fun time. Ashley ends up getting the knife and she stabbed her mother 35 times. But <laughs> in the interview where Ashley's being talked to uh -huh. and interviewed by the police, the cop says 52 times. So I'm not exactly sure where... Those are, different, those are different numbers. They are very different numbers. Yes. But obviously, crime of passion, it was aggressive. She was mad. And she said she blacked out, obviously. Okay. Like, that happened. So, so super great time for her. And then at one point, she said, 
the stepdad came back when she was stabbing her mom. She found the gun again and shot him in the head. So he got shot twice, and then she got stabbed, I th- we think, 35 times. Anywhere between 35 and 52. Exactly. Somewhere <laughs> in there. Exactly. We weren't there, so we don't know. We, do we couldn't know. count them personally, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. somewhere in that mix. So from there, she obviously was like, oh, shit, my sisters. So she grabs food and water, puts them in their room, and locks the door and, like, puts a... Did she give them a bucket? No, I don't think so. No. But wouldn't have that been great? Theirs wouldn't have been public, so it would have been totally fine. And Rachel would have been fine with that. Right? No. No bucket. It wasn't public. <laughs> it's not a- I can't. I can't with you. All right. Well, no bucket. I mean, like, that's, a, that's like if you get locked in a room, I hope you have a bucket, because otherwise you have to establish a pee corner, which is also an office reference that you're not going to understand, so it I'll just let you know right away. Exactly. So, like, I support a bucket in some sort of you're, you're locked in a room type situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't for our would you rather question. All right. Well, anyways, they're locked in a room <laughs> without a bucket, I don't think. And she decides to go find her boyfriend. Right. And so... The 22-year-old. Yes. Okay. And they go to her friend's house. And okay. they are... He has no idea anything happened. She doesn't say anything. She's like, Love all it. right, that's fine. So she just turned it right off and was yes. like, hey, babe. Uh-huh. Let's go to our friend's house and hang out for a minute. Jesus Christ. She convinces said friend to give them her tr- or their truck. And so they start heading towards Indiana. Okay. Right? That's around there, right? Is it Indiana? Well, straight south of Wisconsin is Illinois, but they- It's probably that one. <laughs> Starts with an I. Same thing. <laughs> See, I told you, I watched a documentary. I'm keeping that stuff in my brain. I didn't write it down. Okay? Yeah. So if they just, they headed south. It they was headed to a place starting with an I. Maybe Idaho. We don't know. Perhaps. Istanbul. Don't, Israel. Ooh. Unclear. Mm, not Constantinople. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> I can't. Okay. So they're heading towards this other state. And um, the cops finally catch up with them a day later. Okay. So kids finally get out of the room and they call 911. Okay. So the cops finally catch up with them and the cop gets in the car and is like, hey, do you know why we're pulling you over? And she goes, um, maybe because of the murder. You know, good for her. Uh-huh. She was just, she was just real about it. Yeah. She was like, well, I tried yeah. to get away, but like, clearly that's not going to happen. So I might as well just own it. Exactly. I'm proud of her. Mm-hmm. She did her thing. She definitely did her thing. She was at that point trying to plead insanity and that she was put through so much trauma. She had so much PTSD. Right. It was, she went insane and that was it. So in order to... So she would have been put away for 40 years had that been the case. Right. But she took a plea bargain where it was dropped to second degree murder. Okay. If she just confessed to it. Okay. So instead of trying to say she was insane. Yes, exactly. So then she ended up serving 23 years in prison plus 17 years extended um, supervision. And then she should be in there until 2038 at like the earliest. Wow. Yes. So from there... Everything that I've seen, she definitely has, she doesn't have any real remorse and she's very happy that she's free. She keeps saying she's free, she's free, she's free. So, 
That's like honestly one of the craziest things to consider is there are literally so like Gypsy Rose. Yeah. She way prefers being in prison. Absolutely. And living with her mom. And that's such an an absolute mind fuck to think about. Right. That there are people out there that were living in such horrible traumatic conditions that being in prison seems is better. better. Yeah. That just gives you a perspective that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, our justice system is definitely one to be adjusted because it's definitely something. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess in different states it has to be. It makes a difference too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what Wisconsin's like or what their rules are, really are, but it all makes a difference. Apparently. Yeah. So I want to read you because oh. the house is on the market. Okay. I How much is it on the market you? for? So it was last bought at one hundred and forty thousand. Okay. In two thousand fifteen, to them. Okay. So. It's been on the market for 10 years, and the the property overview says, attention outdoor enthusiasts. (laughs) Very well-maintained four-bedroom, two-story country home on 40 acres of wooded land that abuts thousands of acres of managed forest lands open to the public. The property includes a two-car garage, two storage buildings, and a hunting cabin. The home has seen many recent updates, including new windows and family room. Relax Family next room. Mm-hmm. Relax next to the wood-burning fireplace and enjoy watching the wildlife. If you like privacy, you'll find it here. That feels like that's that's a murder house. But anyway, she's well taken care of in prison right now. Probably has great dental insurance. I wonder if you could find her on like the right of prisoner. <gasps> Ooh, I wonder. I did say I wanted to write Stephen Avery. Yeah. And see what's up I with that. I have like three bookmarked that I'm thinking about. Hmm. I just need to know what they did before. I found that really hot guy, but I'm like, mm, I need oh. to know what he did or what he did because, like, I'll probably accidentally fall in love and then be like, well, mm, he murdered Oh, my someone. God. You would absolutely get... Everybody wants to write Stephen Avery, but what about Brendan Dassey? What about him? No, I would rather... Yeah. He has missed so many WrestleManias. It's horrifying. And he shares the name with one of my favorite actors. So I feel like maybe I should write to <gasps> True. him. Oh, my God. You should. Maybe you should. Absolutely right to Brendan Dassey. I wonder if he would say anything back. I, I mean, I don't know. Because they probably get a bunch of family. Yeah, he I was going to say they probably get a bunch of family. I mean, it's probably like died down a little bit since, I mean, that documentary came out in what, 2015? 2016? No. 2015. It had to have been at least then because really? Fargo Cassie is one of my, um, in her wedding gifts, she got me a t-shirt that says Free Steve Then and I must have watched it late because I watched it when I was living with Tara. And that was only in the last three years. Yeah, it was a very big deal for those of us uh, in December Wisconsin. December of 2015. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. How did I not watch it for so long? Yeah. I actually... <laughs> um, the person that I lost my virginity to is from the same town. <gasps> Has he been there? Did he go to the house? I would. No, If I lived there, not. I would absolutely creep outside. No, probably not. Because I need to know everything. I want to go to this house, but it looks scary. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Anyway, you want to tell me about yours? Sure. Um, uh, that was a wild ride. It was. I really wish we knew how Ashley was doing. I'm going to think about that for a while. Okay. Well, um, I'm doing fine. So I also, when we were tasked with finding a crime that had someone involved that had our first names, yes. it was pretty easy. I found a lot of Rachel victims, and I was like, no, no, I need to find a murderer. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So this is going to be the murder of Skylar Ness. Mm-hmm. Okay. She was 16 and she lived and is from Star City, West Virginia. Okay. Okay. She disappeared. These are just like the synopsis here. She disappeared around midnight on July 6th of 2012. Okay. 
And she was not found until January 16th, 2013. Yeah. And they found her, though? Yes, in Pennsylvania. Whoa. Yeah. So Skylar was the only child of Dave and Mary, and she was often called, or the term was often used as she was pretty spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, being an only child, that makes sense. But she was a super high achiever. She exceeded at almost every subject. She was an honor student. Good for uh, her. Yeah, absolutely. She had a job at Wendy's that she loved. She loved her coworkers. I do love a Frosty. I haven't had Wendy's. This is just a flashback to a trauma episode. The last meal Corey had, I took him Wendy's. So oh. I haven't been to Wendy's since then. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I get like a craving for a chocolate Frosty every once in a while. And I'm like... No. Okay. I cannot do it. That feels right. Yeah. But so her mom, Mary, was like an admin assistant in a cardiac lab. And then her dad was a product assembler at Walmart. So, you know, run of the mill, middle class family in West Virginia. She had two best friends, Rachel and Sheila. Sheila, she knew from elementary school. I don't like that she's a best friend. Yeah, okay. they were. Yeah, so so Skylar knew Sheila from middle school or from elementary school. So they had known each other for a long time. Yeah, and then sh- they met Rachel freshman year of of high school. Oh wow! And then the three of them all became friends. There's a lot of like social media posts and videos and stuff because uh-huh. there's I did my research and then there's also a Dateline about this. So um, if anyone's curious, the Dateline is called something Wicked season twenty two episode twenty three, I believe. So anyways, that's just a tidbit Might if you want to watch it. Yeah. So um, those were her two best friends. They did literally everything together. Like everyone said that they were together all of the time, constantly, never apart. So on July 5th of 2012, so because she went missing at midnight, it's technically July 6th. But on July 5th, she comes home from work at Wendy's, hangs out with her parents, says goodnight, goes to her room. The next day they go to wake her up and she's not there. Mm-hmm. And her mom's basically like, let's not panic. She has supposed to work at four today. Maybe she just, you know, is a teenager. She, you know, pulled an all-nighter somewhere. Let's just wait. We'll call into Wendy's at, at right. 4.10. So 10 minutes after she was supposed to be at work, we'll call and see if she's there. Okay. Well, they didn't have to wait that long because at like f- just after four, Wendy's called them and was basically like, hey, is Skylar coming to work today? Oh, no. Yeah. So then, like, panic ensues. They're yeah. basically just like, what the fuck? Like, she's never done this before. What the hell is happening? Yeah. So essentially what they get, they lived in an apartment complex, and they get the security footage from the complex. Or no, so before that, her dad, like, they walk outside, and they see this, like, little bench right outside of her bedroom window, and the screen was popped out of her window. So they uh. know that she, like, left in the middle of the night. So they ask the complex for the security footage, and it shows her... Like, returning to her home, and then she leaves her bedroom window at about 12.30 a.m. You can... It's a very terrible security footage, but I watched it, and she walks, like, half a block, if that, and gets into a car. Yeah. So... <laughs> but, I mean, by the car, they should know. No? It's, or was a, it really it's an dark? absolutely okay. terrible okay. security footage. Yeah, you can't tell. It's just... a darker sedan that's all her dad basically said that like she didn't take her phone charger she didn't take anything with her so they were like we don't think she ran away like right she took nothing with her yeah Yeah. you know they wait work calls they're realizing she's not there and then they call the police right they get the security footage they see her get into a car so because of all of these things that she willingly got into this car she's 16 years old they don't issue an amber alert 
So the cops are basically like, she's probably a runaway. And there on the dateline, there was one cop and I can't remember her name, but she basically said that it didn't sit right with her. She's like, she didn't take anything. Like she needed contacts or glasses. She didn't take any of that. She didn't take her phone charger. Like this was not someone that was like running away from home. Especially a teenager. Like your phone charger is absolutely something you're taking with you. Right. Exactly. So they just start the investigation. They're doing all these things, hanging up flyers, what really, and obviously there's not a level of surprise to this about, because we had to pick someone in the case that had her name, right? So Rachel and Sheila are like inserting themselves into the investigation. Sheila is calling Skylar's parents every single day to be like, hey, is like, is it, have you heard anything? Yeah. Sheila helps, you know, hang flyers like the missing person flyers rachel didn't do too much of that but sheila like really got involved um with the family there's a quote from dave skyler's dad saying that sheila was so helpful and like genuinely cared about you know finding skyler yeah so after about six months so we're going july just beginning of january rachel suffers a mental breakdown like an absolute mental breakdown there's a 911 call of her mom like calling being like i don't i can't control i don't know what's going on rachel ends up going to a psychiatric hospital for a few days i mean when she gets out she makes a phone call to her family attorney where we then find out what happened six months prior so she absolutely could have gotten away with it though yeah. Well, and at one point, at one point, they do make the connection that the sedan is Sheila's. It's Sheila's car. And they make that connection and they talk with her and she basically says, yeah, they all went out for a joyride. She dropped off Skylar an hour later, a few blocks from the apartment mm-hmm. because she didn't want her family to wake up. So Sheila's like, no, we dropped her off at like one o'clock in the morning and we didn't hear anything after that. Right. Ugh. So... Rachel has this mental breakdown, calls her attorney, and basically explains what happens. So she was meeting up with Rachel and Sheila. There are some text messages that show that Skylar almost bailed and like was hesitant to go, but ended up going anyways. Uh The girls headed towards Northwest, towards Blacksville, Virginia. They planned the specific route, but after seeing a couple state patrol officers, they adjusted how they were getting to where they were going. Eventually, they arrived at this destination where the three girls would go and smoke pot all the time. Okay. So this was not uncommon uncommon for them to go to this wooded area. They would just go out there and smoke weed. Gotcha. It's just across the Pennsylvania border to this area. Once they all got there, they got out of the car. They walk a little bit from the car to like wherever they're going to go smoke. And Sheila and Rachel basically are like, oh, shit. Like, we forgot our lighters. Skylar, do you have one? And Skylar's like, oh, yeah, I have one back at the car. So Skylar turns around <laughs> to go back to the no, car. Skylar. And basically, Sheila counts down from three, and then they just start stabbing her in the back and all over. So Skylar, like, tries to run, but wasn't able to get more than a few feet before Rachel tackled her to the ground. You've been friends with this girl since elementary school Sheila. and you literally yeah. stab her in the yeah. back? Yeah. Yep. <gasps> Skylar wrestled enough to knock the knife out of Rachel's hand and ended up and like grabbed it and ended up cutting Rachel's knee. But Sheila continued to stab Skylar until, quote, there was complete silence. And in a statement that Rachel made, and this is real icky, 
in a statement that Rachel made, they stabbed her until, quote, her neck stopped making gurgling sounds. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, gross. Yep. So during the postmortem exam, it was revealed that Skylar was stabbed more than 50 times. <gasps> mm-hmm. Rachel and Sheila tried to bury the body with a shovel that they had brought with them on just like the side of this road, but due to the road lo- running like along a creek, it was too hard and rocky to okay. dig a hole. So they ended up like dragging her into the woods yeah. and covering her with like tree branches and rocks and stuff. They cleaned up the scene, changed clothes, threw everything in like the trunk and then tossed it and drove home. What literal psychos. Mm-hmm. So like I said before, like no Amber Alert was issued. Sheila ended up helping with the investigation. That's so gross. How she called them every single day for six months to see. That's so not okay. Yeah. If you're like, oh, God, I hope no one ever does this. But Jesus, don't call the family over and over and like make them think about. Oh, God, I hate her. Yeah. I hate her. Yeah. Anyway. So the West Virginia State Police as and as well as the FBI. Well, the FBI got involved in September. So like Uh two months later, because they hadn't found anything. They start interviewing friends, family, all this stuff. After Rachel had that mental breakdown, obviously she was like, I can't. So she finally admits to police that she and Sheila plotted to kill Skylar. Their motivation, this is literally all that they've ever acknowledged, like said as motivation across everything I found was, we just didn't like her and we didn't want to be friends anymore. Jesus. Mm -hmm. If any of you don't want to be friends with me anymore, please just tell me and don't stab me in the Yeah. After Rachel had her mental breakdown, she led police to Skylar's body Uh on January 16th, 2013. A whole year Mm -hmm. later. So after Skylar's body was found, Sheila made a tweet about her best, like just about missing her best friend. Then just after authorities announced that it was like Skylar's remains, they announced officially that like we have... found the body and is confirmed to be Skylar. Sheila was still pretending to be innocent and tweeted again about how Skylar would always be her best friend and to rest easy. Yeah, so that's disgusting. May 1st, 2013, Rachel pled guilty to second degree murder. Uh The court transcripts indicate other students overheard some conversations between Sheila and Rachel, but just like thought they were jokes. And then came forward after the fact to be like, oh, actually, we heard them talking about Gross. like murdering and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you know the difference between first and second degree? Off the top of my head? Okay. No, <laughs> but Megan's got it over there. Yeah. Like murder, attempted murder is charged as either a first degree or second degree offense. First degree attempted murder means the person intentionally and with premeditation tried to kill someone else. While second degree attempted murder means the accused acted without premeditation or acted in a fit of passion. So then that would make sense for regular first and second degree murder. Yeah, that it's premeditated and you meant to do it. Second degree is... And she got charged for second degree? Uh, so Rachel pled guilty to second degree murder. Okay. Court transcripts indicate the, yeah, that the other students overheard conversations. The plea agreement for murder in the second degree... W- so this was the plea agreement. Murder second degree by unlawfully, unwillingly, maliciously, and intentionally causing the death of Skylar by stabbing her and causing fatal, fatal injuries. So that was Rachel's plea agreement. The state of West Virginia recommended she get a 40-year sentence. 
Rachel's family issued a public apology, but like, what does right. that do? And then in September of 2013, West Virginia prosecutors identified Sheila as the second perpetrator, and she was indicted on the 6th of September of 2013 by a grand jury on one count of first degree murder, one count conspiracy to commit murder, and she pled not guilty. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, as much as like, it would have been fun to have Rachel be the most evil one. She's the one that had like a complete mental breakdown and was basically said, I can't do this anymore. Yes, I did it. Plead guilty, take a plea bargain, all this stuff. Whereas Sheila is an absolute narcissist. Yeah. And I didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't do it. So she pled not guilty. Her trial was set for January 28th of 2014, Mm -hmm. but facing more charges, which tends to happen if you don't take a plea deal, they'll up the charges. She finally pled guilty to first-degree murder. She expressed no remorse through the whole thing, and she was sentenced to life in prison. Oh, life? Mm-hmm. But I don't know exactly what this term meant, and I should have Googled it, and I forgot, so that's my bad. But she was sentenced to, quote, life in prison with mercy. So I think that means with the potential of parole? Okay, if she's like I've never good heard behavior. that before, though. Yeah, I've never heard the the phrase with mercy. So life in prison with mercy, the inmate shall be eligible to apply for a pardon no sooner than the date on which they first become eligible for parole. Oh, wow. So she could have this all pardoned. Yep. Interesting. I've never heard that before. How old when? They were all 16. Man. Yeah. In... West Virginia, she's eligible for parole after 15 years with a life sentence. So there's that. And then following her plea deal, so on May 1st, 2013, Rachel received a sentence of 30 years in prison, eligible for parole in 10 years, which is coming up pretty soon, like next year. Yeah. Both of them are incarcerated at Lacken Correctional uh, Center in Mason County, West Virginia. They get to be best friends Mm -hmm, forever. mm -hmm. Love that. But what I really thought was most interesting about this case, and I mentioned it a couple of times about them not issuing an Amber Alert, mm-hmm. there's Skyler's Law, right? which the family got through the West Virginia court because they just assumed she went willingly. So that there was never any Amber Alert or anyone to be on the lookout of the sedan or anything like that. So the four criteria for an Amber Alert is a child is believed to have been abducted under 18 in danger of death or serious injury, sufficient info to indicate that the Amber Alert would be helpful. Those are the four crit- criteria. And there's a waiting period of 48 hours to have elapsed before an Amber Alert was issued. Schuyler's family and West Virginia state legislatures introduced a bill called Schuyler's Law to modify West Virginia Amber Alert to basically make it immediate. There's not Is the 48 hours. Is it just hours. there? Yes, yeah, it's just West that? Virginia. Okay, okay. Yep. They introduced the bill that an Amber Alert would go out immediately, not 48 hours later. Yeah. Because normally is, they say 48, like any Criminal Minds episode, 48 hours, they're already dead. Right. Exactly. Like, what? Exactly. There's a whole show called The First 48, where yeah. if you don't catch them in 48 hours, the odds of it are very low. So why would the, and they're still everywhere else, is still 48 hours before? Every state is probably different. Oh, I think okay. Arizona, I mean, we get Amber Alerts all the time, and I think those are immediate. Yeah. 
Yeah. So stupid. Mm -hmm. It would have the Amber Alert issue immediately if any child is reported missing, regardless of if they are believed to be a runaway, because that was the whole fucked up thing. They just assumed she ran away. And so they're like, no, we're not going to issue an Amber Alert. Jesus. So on March 27th, 2013, West Virginia approved the bill. And then in April of 2013, the Senate passed it into law and the governor signed it into legislation. (laughs) Legislation. May of 2013. So that's like a good thing that came from it, at least. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Did you tell me about that? What? The Amber Alert thing. I don't think so. Okay, because I had heard it recently, I think. Maybe I did. Okay. But I think that's really cool. Well, that's that's a thing. Life, to me, the older I get, and the more these kinds of things are discussed. Life is not black and white. No. Everything is so gray. Yeah. So the fact that I don't think Ashley did the worst thing. By murdering her and a lot evil of stepdad out. and nasty ass mother, right? Yeah. So like I don't like that's a gray area. It's a I mean, like, don't murder. Like, don't do it. But like maybe just like run away. I don't know. Something I mean, I don't know. I don't condone murdering people. <laughs> I'm not condoning murdering people. I'm just saying it's not a black and white situation. No, I completely agree. I yes, I agree. And and even on the flip side of that, this case, obviously not okay what happened. Yeah. Literally the reasons where we didn't like her, we didn't want to be friends anymore. <gasps> you just, you don't have to. Did you know that? You just don't have to. Yeah. You can just not. But they don't so have to be dead. It's so like, everything when you're 16 is like That's the true. end of the fucking world. That's true. So they're just like, oh, we can't just not be friends with her. We have to murder her. Like, wild. Wild Brains to me. are not developed at that time, I suppose. Huh? I mean, my brain's still not developed, but, you know, whatever. It's just further to me solidifies that life is not black and white. Yeah. It's all just this gray area. And even with this case that's horrible and horrific, there is still some good that hopefully has helped other people Absolutely. since then. Yeah. Because that's how fucked up is that? Oh, yeah. someone stole your baby? Can't issue an Amber Alert for 48 hours. That's Maybe they'll bring it back. Why? Oh, God, gross. No, absolutely not. That's absolutely insanity. Not. Yeah, that's horrifying. Ugh. I'm not glad that that happened, but I'm glad something good came out of it. Yeah. It was so insane, though, watching the Dateline and seeing Skylar's parents yeah. and them talking about Sheila like she was a, their daughter because they had been friends since elementary school. Yeah. And how the first time that the police and, and media kind of started questioning Sheila, they defended her. They told their attorney to leave her alone. They told the investigators to leave her alone because that There's was no like way. their daughter. Yeah. yeah. And then, just kidding, Sheila's a psychopath. So, like, how how much of a mind fuck would that be? Yeah. That's someone you basically raised to, like... On top of everything else, you're now thinking, oh my gosh, this girl that has been in our home, we've let her in our home, we've defended her, was the mastermind behind murdering our daughter. Yeah, that's icky. I don't like it. Good job. Oh, yeah. thank you. I liked it. Thank you. Yes. You didn't like it, but, like, I liked it. Yeah, yours was good, too. Thank you. Yeah. It was really hard hard for me because I've listened and watched so much about true crime. Yeah, me too. And so, so many stories I already know about. And so I think that they're already known about, but that's not the case for most people yeah. that are normal. But I also have listened to stories be told in different ways. So I was like, do I want to give all the details up front? Do I want to kind of keep yeah. it a secret? Like, how do I structure this? I feel that. I was yeah. definitely having problems structuring mine too. Yeah. Well, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. We might get prison pen pals, guys. Yeah, I think we're going to do that. I think we're going to. We I t- already did. And then now we're going to make an episode about it. Yeah. I'm picking a different person. He doesn't count. 
<laughs> Megan, are you going to get a prison pen pal with us? I thought about it, but I don't really like talking to people. <laughs> so we'll see. That's okay. fair. We're trying That's to decide fair. if the best way to go about it is to just have it be normal or to write them and say, hey, we have a podcast. We have a podcast and this is something that we're interested in and see, you know, I feel like that could go really well or really poorly. Absolutely. Well, depending on how long they've been in prison, too. It's like, well, what the fuck is a podcast? Right. <laughs> That's true. My true. criteria when I was looking through them was that they could not be released in the next 10 years. There could be no chance yeah. of them being released in the next 10 years. That's valid. You know, I think I might take it upon myself to try to like reach out to some like famous people that are in prison, I think like Joe Exotic and, and oh, Brendan Dassey. Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. Yeah. Do you remember that type of quarantine? That was yes. a fun time. I loved it. Well, okay, I didn't love it. I was right. going through mental fuckery, but right, it was the best part of quarantine. <laughs> it though. really was. Yeah. It was. That, we were that all could like also creative. just be fun. We could just all send letters to like very famous prisoners. And just see what we get back. That could also totally be a real thing. I have like, stamps, thing. you guys. We can do this. I have stamps. <laughs> I'm so proud of you for having stamps. Thank you. I got them last time because I was writing another prisoner. Beautiful. <laughs> that was why you bought stamps? Yeah. <laughs> it is. I love that. I love that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what we should do. If anyone has suggestions about people in prison that we should write letters to. Yeah. Let us know. I'll just put a a picture in there and be like, this is your incentive to write back. Look how adorable I am. Huh? Huh? It'll get them. You don't think? All right. Don't look at me like that. No. That's how (laughs) they then get out of prison and try to find you. No. I just feel like then they'll tell me all the details and then I'll I'll become a crime reporter. I don't know how that. I, okay, sure. I believe in it. Yes, yes, Queen. That's how it works. <laughs> I do. I I believe in you. Perfect. You got it. You're Thank right. Thank you. Oh goodness. Okay, so yeah. Some some crimes. Some crimes. Some crimes. Oh True good lord. Crime. Good lord Did Jesus, it? help us. Real quick. What? If we ever went to visit, like, if you ever come back to Wisconsin, we could go visit that house. Yes, we will. Could we like do a seance there? You think? Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Girls trip. Girls trip. <laughs> Girls trip doing a seance at a murder house. We went to a murder house, not clickbait. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Um, my new motto is do it for the pod. Yes. So do it for the pod. It's do it for the pod. It's going to be on a shirt. Yeah. Anytime we do something it's for that the maybe podcast. we shouldn't do or we should or it's expensive or whatever, do it for the pod. Do it for the pod. It just makes the most sense. I agree. It's gonna. We're gonna widen our our horizons so much by our lived experiences for that. With that motto, do it for the pod. Okay, that's all, right. all I got. I love you. I love you too. Goodbye. Goodbye. All of us at Currently Anxious want to express our deepest sympathies to the families of the victims mentioned in this episode. 